Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% LA Galaxy soccer. We're glad you can join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you from a wonderful Thursday, October 1st. Happy October, everybody. We're fall, too. I know it's 100 degrees outside. It doesn't feel like that, but fall soccer is upon you uh, as the LA Galaxy get ready to stretch out the playoff hopes here. Um, Just about 10 games left for the LA Galaxy. We'll see. Uh, what they can do in that short amount of time. Uh, a lot of things to get to. We're going to do uh, certainly talk about Yanni Gonzalez. We're going to talk about uh, Javier Chicharito Hernandez. Um, we have a whole bunch of other stuff as well and expecting a special guest to join us here in just a couple minutes as well to help me get through all of it. It's Eric, the Portuguese hammer himself. Uh, he's back. Eric, how's it going, buddy? It's going all right. I'm, I'm glad to be back. And like you said, it's October 1st. It's officially spooky season. Uh, nothing gets you quite in the fall, uh, October Halloween spirit, like a nice 100-degree day, uh, nice <laughs> brisk 100 degrees, get you in the mood for fall and pumpkin uh, pumpkin cream uh, lattes to get you ready to go. So good times. Yeah, yeah. It was pumpkin spice lattes, right? Pumpkin spice. Is that where you were trying? You no. were trying to PSL no. it, but you said pumpkin. It, you want a pumpkin cream latte. This is different. It's pumpkin. Pumpkin cream cold brew. We, we this was a uh, a revelation last year, and it, it's sweeping the nation, sweeping LA Galaxy Twitter. You got to get the pumpkin cream cold brew. That's the way to go. Pumpkin spice. That's that's like three years ago. You got to get with the times. Oh, I got to get. I was gonna wear my UGG boots um, and my jeans tucked <laughs> into my UGG boots and go get a PSL, You're but hot. apparently that's that's not it anymore. Okay, good good to know. Good to know. I appreciate. Yeah, Thank you, you know. for being you know my style guru. Okay. That's good. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, and I wanted to get it. You got to go to the game uh, one way, as you said, to get around the blackout from Spectrum. Uh, just show up to the game. Uh, you got to go to the game. You were credentialed by the LA Galaxy. We thank them for their kindness. Um, I will say their charity. Uh, no, you 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 did you did fine, um, and and you were there. It was it was fun. But you know, tell me a little bit about your experience. I've done it enough now. It's not much of a thing for me anymore. But I want to know. You know what is what does this mean? What what did it, what did you see with the game and and sort of what was the atmosphere like? Yeah, uh, again, big shout out to the LA Galaxy for for letting me be part of it. And uh, you know, I've kind of been pestering you, pestering the Galaxy just just to see it one time, just because I I fully understand uh, that we're in a position that not everyone gets to be in, and being able to see a game in these circumstances is kind of a, a special scenario. But uh, that's part of the reason why I wanted to go. I wanted to see in this scenario how do the players play, how do they react, what's different, what's the same. Uh, and I, I to me, once the ball got rolling and they got playing. It was the same. The game was the same. It wasn't that much different. Uh, it was the, the spaces between the games before, uh, halftime, after the game. That's where you notice those differences, and uh, that's what, where you can see it affecting the players, where maybe those pregame routines, uh, you know, when things happen at halftime and it just goes, you know, stone cold quiet, uh, that, that's where it gets a little bit different, a little bit awkward. The, the crowd noise, again, I, I've, I've hated fake crowd noise since this whole thing began, and having it pumped right. into the stadium even though it was like at a dull roar, I still hated it because I wanted to be able to hear, uh, you know, what the players were yelling at each other. And, and from where we were sitting, we kind of had the speakers right above us. So you you couldn't hear it well. Uh, from what I was seeing from from Twitter and going and rewatching it, you almost were able to hear the players better from the TV feed than you were from inside the stadium because of the noise that was going on. Uh, but so but other than that, I mean, it was a fascinating experience to see. How, how it all works with the players, you know, having different spots on the bench, uh, the zoom call, that was kind of cool to see. 
where do, I, I wondered, where does that Zoom call go? It actually goes on the Jumbotron. So if you're on the LA Galaxy Zoom, you're in the stadium uh, with the team. So that was kind of a cool cool thing to see and uh, and just experiencing, uh, you know, from the limited amount of games that I've been able to cover uh, from that perspective, being there at the stadium, but also doing the post-game conference via video conference. It's just kind of a, it's an awkward scenario. I'm glad I went just to experience right. it, to say, okay, this this is this was one where, Okay, I'm going to look back at this and say, you know, there was that time when they had to play the games behind closed doors without fans, and I got to see how that works. And so, you know, um, you know, maybe I'll write a little bit more about it, but I, I thought it was fascinating. Tell everybody what your daughter said in the car after I called you to tell you about oh. stuff, and then then she, <laughs> yeah, that's that's my favorite part. Go ahead. Yeah, so I, I mentioned that I was going to the game, and so their question is like, well, can we go? I'm like, well, they're not allowing fans, and they're like, well, why do you get to go? I said, well, you know, dad, dad's a reporter. And my daughter, with a straight face, just looked at me. She said, you're not a reporter. And she just, and I was like, well, <laughs> you know what? You're, you're probably right. But, but uh, so shout out to the Galaxy for, for at, least, at least that one game getting me a credential and making me a reporter and official for that day. Uh, but my daughter likes to keep me in check. So, you know, it is what I, it is. I understand. I understand. There, there were a couple things that sort of that were that I pointed out to you. Uh, they still run ads on the uh, on the jumbo screen during the game. It's like, who are those ads for? Is it for me? Because I'm like one of twelve people who are here watching. Um, I thought that was uh, that's an interesting one. We talked about just the quiet periods in between, which is just weird and ominous. And weird. you know, the game ends and it, I, the game ends and there's there's nobody talking, and, and then all of a sudden it's just like, and the music, the the fake crowd noise goes off, and the, before the music, the house music kicks on. It's just like crickets and there's 50 people yeah. on there. So, um, well, and that was, yeah, it's a, so I'll, I'll jump in with one more thing. Part of my, my sales pitch was, you know, my TikTok videos that have become a, a thing, uh, during these times I wanted to, you know, maybe go to the stadium, maybe make a few there, but because it was so quiet and so awkward and there's hard, I didn't want to be the one guy there, like <laughs> dancing around on the steps, standing on things. It's like, you know what? I'm going to, you know, I don't get to come here very often. I'm not going to be the guy making a scene uh, here. And then also with a loss, you know, I'm not going to be the guy as, as as they're getting their their rear ends handed to them, dancing around the stadium either. That's that w- that would have been a bad luck. So, uh, yeah, that that was another thing. Just the yeah, the sheer silence and uh, limited amount of people make it make it interesting. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 interesting. I said, uh, you know, if you're a Galaxy fan and you've always hated the parking. Uh, situation and you know how much of a pain in the butt it is to get in and get out. Uh, that's solved right now. There's there's zero issues getting in now for us. There's there's nobody there. Uh, we social distance our cars, which I think is mildly hysterical, but nonetheless, um, you know, it's one of those things. Nobody parks right next to the other person. You can park in front of somebody. You can park, you know, two spots over, but nobody parks right next to each other. You know, that type of thing. It, it's it's fun uh, there. But I mean, overall, the the game too. You know, there's a difference, and and fans know this. Uh, there's a difference watching a team in person. You get to watch things that you want to watch, things that catch your eye. Uh, you got to see, you know, Javier Hernandez. You got to see Chicharito running around. I would imagine that having seen that, and you and I talked about this, so I, I believe I know what your answer is. Um, is that you got to see him work harder than it shows on television because you're able to see all the stuff he's doing off the ball and out of frame. Yeah, you 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 nailed it there. You knew exactly where I was going because uh, that's something I've been someone who's been critical of Chicharito uh, since his return, coming back from injury, understanding that 
you have to give him a little bit of slack because he's returning from injury and the pieces that are around him. And at the same time, you know, you, you have to think, you know, could he be doing more? But when you're there at the stadium and you're watching him, uh, you know, someone like Sebastian Legit, you thought I got hit on my head uh, that I rated him a little too high on that game. But I thought his work rate was a lot better uh, in person than, than what comes across on TV. And then the same thing with Chicharito. Uh, he's running around. He, he's trying to make things happen. Uh, the double-edged sword where uh, I will agree with you, he, he gets, should deserve a little bit more credit than maybe he deserves but at the, the than he's been getting. But the other kind of sad fact about it is he's working hard and still nothing is happening. So that that could be right. a red flag as well. So um, the good, <laughs> the positive, he's working hard. He, he's moving around. He's trying to make things happen. The bad thing is he's not being lazy. He's trying and things are still not going right. his way. So uh, that, that could be a bad sign as well. So we'll wait and see if, if he could finally finally get things off on the right foot away at San Jose because this could be an, an opportunity against the last place team in the West. Hey, one of your 37 dogs is barking. I didn't know if you if you heard that. I just I just you oh, know, you could hear I, that. I wanted everybody to know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, it's you know, hey, listen, <laughs> you know, this is this is this is the quarantine tapes, right? This is this yeah. is where we're in our houses where we're doing this stuff. We're trying to to sort of get along um, with all these things and and sort of you know make things happen and make things go well, um, that type of thing. And you know things things happen, so it, it's it's different. Overall, uh, what did you think of the Galaxy in in terms of you know what they tried to do against Seattle and were you at all impressed? I see a lot of people you know talking about oh well the second half was um, you know so much better than the first. I didn't I didn't feel like it was all that much better. They generated a little more chances, but I, I didn't see anything. You know. It was it was better, but the first half was so bad uh, that the second half, even though it was le- less than average, looked that much better because it was so they were so sluggish in that first half. They just looked like they looked like they didn't know there was a game going on. They just let Seattle run all over them. So the second half, because there was an improvement, made you think, okay, they played better in the second half. But if if you watch the second half on its own, they still they still didn't look like they they were going to be the team who were going to be the aggressors and taking the lead. Seattle essentially dominated the game. The one thing that I found interesting is that the Galaxy actually had higher possession in the game than Seattle, uh, which if you look at the eyeball test, I I would have assumed that Seattle controlled that game because they seemed to dictate where things were going. Uh, But the other clue that it tells me is when the Galaxy were on their win streak and when they were playing well, they didn't have possession. So the Galaxy are a counterattacking team. So if if you want to kill the Galaxy, you let them have possession and they're not going to be able, they're going to pass it sideways. Guillermo even said in the postgame, he said, we had too much passing backward and not enough moving forward. And so if the Galaxy are just going to pass themselves back all day long, then of course that's going to favor whoever they play. So, uh, so I think they, they, you realize that they're a counterattacking team. You need to give the other team that, that possession, let them press, and then counter quickly with speed with Pavone uh, and hopefully get Chicharito involved now with, with Yanni coming in there, the, the, the speedy rocket. You know, maybe he can get something on the break. That, that's going to be the, how the Galaxy are going to be successful is on the counter because when they have possession, it doesn't work out for them. It didn't work out against Seattle. It was a poor performance. Would you say it was the, their worst of the season? It, it was pretty bad. It 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 wasn't good. I don't know if it was their worst. There was there was lots of bad. So I'll I'll just say it wasn't fun to watch. Uh, it wasn't you know I like live soccer. Sometimes losses can be really exciting. That that wasn't it. So uh, let's turn the page now on Seattle. And we said we we're gonna have a special guest. We want to invite 
that special guest onto the show. Um, he has been uh, all over LA Galaxy fandom, all over LA Galaxy family. Uh, he is part of the LA Galaxy family. The fact that he has not been on our podcast is 100% my fault, and I feel like uh, I am, I, I've screwed up, and so I'm making amends for this. Um, welcome to the show, uh, Corner of the Galaxy, the very first time. Uh, AFJA's uh, Stephen Cruz. Stephen, thanks for joining us, buddy. I appreciate it. Happy to be on. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, yeah, we're we're super happy. I know that uh, you and I have been trying to do some of this stuff, and uh, it was totally my fault. Uh, You know, with a baby and everything else, sometimes I don't even pay attention to Eric. So, you know, trying to get somebody else on is 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 one of those things that 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 I don't do. But we're glad to have you on. Um, I I imagine that Galaxy fans uh, know that uh, know who you are and know what you do. But you know, for some of the people who listen to our podcast who maybe haven't seen what you are, can you tell us a little bit about AFJA, the 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 uh, the nonprofit that's based here in LA, and and what your your main goal is for the for the organization? Yeah, thanks, Josh, and good uh, good to see you again there, Eric. Um, yeah, so, you know, for those Galaxy fans that might not know who we are, uh, despite how, uh, how often we kind of come in, in the circles of the Galaxy family, uh, my name is Steven Cruz. I'm the president of AFJA, a nonprofit based here in LA. What we focus on primarily is uh, recycling and collecting soccer gear, youth soccer gear throughout the LA area, Portland and New York as well as DC uh, for the purpose of establishing cost-free youth soccer academies in underprivileged uh, communities throughout Central America. Uh, We are not limiting ourselves just to Central America. It just so happens that that's where our roots stem from, as well as uh, some of our close connections to why we're Galaxy fans, how we began uh, to, to, you know, follow this team at at early ages had a lot to do with a lot of our, uh, you know, executive board members following people like Carlos Ruiz or, or uh, Mauricio Cienfuegos. Right. So uh, w- what we do uh, with the soccer gear is, uh, like I was saying, establish cost-free uh, soccer academies. And we're not just interested in developing uh, soccer players and, and youth uh, soccer players, but really using the game as a vehicle for social change in places like El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras. No, no, it's it's great. I know I know you've done a lot of stuff. I know the the uh, the youth soccer gear and the and those types of things. I've seen them. I've retweeted. I've posted. I, I try to I try to make sure that everybody uh, knows about you. Um, tell us about some of the events that you've had in the past that that have been super successful. Um, and and sort of you know what you try to uh, how how you try to put these events together and, and how you try to inspire you know LA Galaxy fans to really to to get involved. Yeah, so, I mean, we started really small. We started with just connecting with youth soccer clubs, uh, soccer parents, soccer moms and dads that had this stuff just piled up in their garages and closets collecting dust, and we found a way to put that stuff to use. I'm talking cleats, cones, uh, old uniforms that are in full sets and things like that, and and we started just having these pop-up donation drives in parks throughout uh, SoCal. And um, through there, through those uh, donation drives, we just started to build a network with different people and one of those was with the galaxy family uh you know particularly the leadership at angel city brigade la riot squad and galaxians early on uh this was before uh victoria block and you know it was, was a thing so uh they were very receptive to the idea of having a donation tailgate and uh, the first donation tailgate that we had together was uh in march of last year uh, and it was a, a fun, successful tailgate, but it, it paved the way uh, for us to have what would eventually become Central American Night uh, 
uh, in collaboration with the Galaxy and the supporters groups. And that's when uh, Galaxy Outlaws and some of the other SPs, like, you know, up and coming groups like uh, Galaxy Ghosts and things like that, uh, Ghost Ultras, and, and just right. everybody that, everybody who's a, a Galaxy fan just uh, instantly became connected to our project. Uh, so these, this uh, kind of, I guess, cornerstone or, or really uh, kind of, what's that premiere event or whatever you want to call it uh, for us is really this uh, Central American Appreciation Night. And it's really just a, a, a real nice uh, paying homage to the players that have gone through the galaxy that happen to be of Central American descent while uh, having a kickback component so that we can um, collect gear at the stadium during the tailgate uh, and bring cultural performances, music, food, and just have a really good time so that people, when people think of Central America, they think of uh, more than maybe what's perceived on, on the news and, and, and things like that. So they can see the richness of, of beautiful no no that's great eric you have some some questions do you want to ask anything i don't want to throw you on the spot i know you, you, I, I didn't want you to be like you know left out there either so please well it, it was one of those things with you know, the dogs barking in the background i have to pick my moments uh wisely here so like, like you said i we're we're uh you know independent uh content producers and whenever we can support other people uh you know we're, we're happy to do that so central american night uh, seeing that be such a success. And then, uh, you know, if they can win 7-2 every time we have one of those, I think that we, we can keep the tradition moving forward. Uh, but seeing where that goes, um, I also see that you're posting on the Instagram with, you know, the girls' teams playing. Do you want to tell a little bit more about, like, once once it gets in their hands, uh, you know, what are some of the programs that, that they get involved with? Yeah, so um, our program is has a lot of emphasis on uh, equality through the game. Uh, we are a, a Nike affiliate uh, nonprofit organization. We do receive grant funding from Nike, and a lot of that stems from our program programming directed at uh, giving girls access to the game, and not just girls, but also young women and women as coaches, uh, so that our communities uh, see the value in, in in providing women access to the sport. So, with that said, um, a lot of the the women, I mean. Karina Seha, the former president of ACB, was one of the first people to really uh, establish us or help us establish a, a good relationship with more Galaxy fans with her position at ACB. Uh, and, and, you know, just from conversations with other women within uh, the supporters groups of, of just how passionate they are for the club, how passionate they are for the game, we connected the two passions for the game and club and also to our mission to help girls get into the sport. So uh, the, the girls over at uh, Mosaic uh, 1781, the supporters group that's, that's uh, really taken off uh, for Angel, what's going to be Angel City Football Club. I know that's not a Galaxy uh, club, but it is uh, predominantly right. a lot of Gal Galaxy fans that make up that supporters group have partnered up with uh, our organization uh, to do a sports bra donation drive this Sunday uh, in West Covina. So that's at Anna's Pizza, and you can find more information on both of our, our socials uh, for Mosaic uh, 1781 as well as AFJA on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and, and really, it's 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 a kind of donation drive-through, uh, so it's it's perfectly right. kind of. I think they're they're organizing it in a way so that people don't have to get out of their cars, uh, safely hand over donations, and it's stations uh, to to do so in a safe way, as well as. Um, there's a raffle component with a, a lot of cool prizes with other really cool creatives like like uh, NEUFC and and other people that, that are you know it's a very organic uh, culture that we that we're a part of. 
No, no, it seems uh, it seems super interesting. I, I think that they also have a wish list that you could buy off of Amazon as well. I was I was cruising around there. So even if you can't make the drop off and you can't do that, you can still support, um, you know, the, the sports bra, um, you know, drive through uh, through that Amazon link. So so make sure you check that out. I know there's some um, some other things that you wanted to touch on as well. So I'll give the floor to you um, Two other uh, events or, or, or partnerships that you have going on right now as well. Yeah, so I see your jersey, Eric, for uh, Cosmo. Uh, is that the Cosmo SC shirt? Yeah, man. That's, it looks it like is. it yep. is. Yeah. <laughs> it's the championship <laughs> edition, you know, with the, the, oh, the, oh, the patch. The <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. yeah, yeah. So, uh, and it's good quality stuff made over for, by our friends in uh, Retros in, in, in El Salvador. So Absolutely. Them as well. uh, yeah, so um, we are partnering up with, uh, I think, a current member of Cosmo Soccer Club, who is, at, who is Kylo. A uh, gentleman from Chicago, right? Our friend from Chicago who's uh, kind of been embraced by the Galaxy fans and, and he's a Galaxy fan and, and all the way in Chicago representing it out in the Windy City. And he's a, a avid gamer, uh, kind of outside of my realm. Admittedly, I'm not, you know, I don't play pro clubs or anything. Not, not that I don't want to. I think I might get into it eventually, but um, he's definitely the, the pro and, and, and uh, is going to be doing a 12-hour charity stream on Twitch. Uh, so... That's on Sunday as well, beginning, I believe, at 9 a.m. Central Time. Uh, and he's he's going to be accepting challenges, and he's going to have a whole progress bar, and there's going to be a lot, a lot of prizes that people are going to want to get their hands on. So uh, it's going to be a really fun kind of Sunday, both uh, on the digital front with Twitch, the 12-hour stream that's going to be going live through at Who is Kylo uh, on Twitch, and then the, the girls at Mosaic 1781 with the Sports Bra donation drive. And uh, with regards to the, you know, the Twitch stream, it's it's really powered by this uh, website called Tiltify for nonprofits to integrate with Twitch. So if anybody out there uh, has a cause, you know, that, that they would like to raise funds for, I really encourage you all to go to Tiltify.com, uh, check out our profile so you can see an example of how to do it. Uh, and, you know, just search for AFJA and we'll pop up. And it's really a, a brand new concept of being able to integrate with Twitch and TikTok and these apps that... My nephew and niece uh, really on, not myself, uh, with regards to TikTok and stuff. But it's it's really great for, for us to be able to raise funds. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's it the other that way. And then uh, you're, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Eric. So I, I was going to jump in just uh, to give another another shout out to to our boy Kylo, just because um, you know he he's done some of these in the past, some uh, you know charity streams, and so he he's really great at at hosting as someone who's dabbled a little bit in uh, in Twitch and gaming while talking and playing at the same time. It's not as easy as it looks, so he makes it a lot of fun. He makes it entertaining with that Tiltify, like you were mentioning. It makes it super easy to donate. It's a one click connects to you know PayPal or Apple Pay or whatever you have going. So it's super easy to donate once you're on there. There's going to be a bunch of incentives. Uh, I know you know you can win jerseys, you can win gift cards. There's a whole bunch of things. So the more money you donate, the more opportunity there will be to to get prizes to supporting the good cause as well. So uh, I, I can't encourage you enough to, to help my my fellow Cosmo SC teammate and uh, to help uh, AFJA as well raise some money for a good cause. So it should, those streams are always a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. It seems like it's a lot of fun. And, and I've seen some of that stuff. Uh, finally, Stephen, I know you have uh, one other thing and we're, we're a little short on time, but I want to make sure that you get it in. Um, you have uh, a team up with Los Angeles Galaxy and the Special Olympics in Southern California to host a, a virtual uh, unification carnival. Can you tell me just a little bit about that? Yeah, just really briefly. I think, uh, you know, we, we often have these donation drives and people 
want to know, you know, get updates on, on what it is we're doing with the funds or with the gear, just get updates on, on, on how, how we're using this stuff. So part of the things that we've done uh, over COVID, right, since March, we've, we've launched what we were calling AFJA Online, which is a virtual soccer field where for the first time, kids from Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, and the United States are on a single platform on Saturday with a coach. And we have guest soccer players from MLS or women's national teams come in and, and you know, give motivational talks or be the, the surprise guest coach for the day. Uh, so from that platform of AFJA Online, we are partnering up with the Los Angeles Galaxy as well as the Special Olympics Committee in Southern California and El Salvador to, provide, to give a uh, opportunity for a unification carnival. Uh, and that'll be hosted by uh, David Bizarro, a puppeteer uh, from Sesame Street, Jim Henson Company. He's, he's a really great, great act. And uh, he's going to be hosting the event along alongside uh, Cosmo, our favorite alien. So it's really just the theme of, of the night um, is, is unification between uh, through soccer between our athletes and the athletes of the special. Yeah, and that's coming up on October 17th, so uh, all of our, our listeners can uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, you know, Stephen, I want everybody to follow you over on Twitter, uh, at uh, AFJA, yes, so A-F-J-A-E-S. Uh, make sure you go over there and follow. I know we follow each other. We'll retweet and make sure we get you out there as much as possible. Also on Instagram, um, the same thing. I know Eric at Galaxy Profile and, and me over at Galaxy Podcast, we share those all as well. So, Stephen, we want to thank you for coming on. Uh, we appreciate all the time, buddy, and anything you need from us, let us know. We'll be happy to have you on again, all right? Absolutely. Thank you so much. It's, it's Yanni Gonzalez time as well. So let's get ready for some good times. <laughs> hey, it's going to be fun. He's real. I'm pretty sure. So thanks, Stephen. We appreciate it. All right. We're going to uh, move on here just a little bit and, and, and shift, uh, shift gears. Why not? Let's shift gears into a guy who we were pretty sure he, he was not, he was not real. Um, I was pretty sure he wasn't real. Um, we were pretty sure we were being catfished at, at multiple times during this. Uh, the LA Galaxy seemed to want to play the mystery card with uh, with how uh, how when Yanni Gonzalez was getting in the United States, how long he's been there, all that fun stuff. Uh, and today, the LA Galaxy finally got to introduce the uh, the man. He's finally landed, but is he ready to take off? Wow. We have a ring to launch. All stations are go. We're go for launch. Let's light this candle. 11. Ignition sequence start. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Good luck and Godspeed. All right, a little uh, a little video yeah. intro there, courtesy of the LA Galaxy. That's always fun. We like to see that. Uh, Yanni Gonzalez is real. He was introduced to the press today. Uh, I got to be on a conference call with him, so I can tell you he is, in fact, a real person. Uh, I did see him. He did answer questions, all that fun stuff. We'll have a story up on Corner of the Galaxy that Larry Morgan wrote here uh, for a little bit. But, Eric, um, you know, it's, it's a long build. It was a slow burn <laughs> in order to get here. Um, but now that, uh, now that he's here, you've seen a little bit of him training, uh, you've seen a little bit of him talking. We, we have some quotes that we can certainly go over him. Uh, is, is there any excitement left for this or has it pretty much already fizzled out? I think it's been so long that it's fizzled a little bit for those who are in the know. I think those who listen to our podcast, those who are diehards have known the Yoni Yoni situation for, for quite some time, but we have to remember that this is a small group. It's a, 
a, a small percentage. So this, you know, to the general mass, they're like, oh, wow, they got a new player. You know, they may have forgot that they announced him <laughs> earlier. Uh, so maybe there still is going to be some excitement when he finally gets uh, to be on the field. Um, you know, from the scouting report and everything we see, the nickname Speedy, that's supposed to be one of his, his big attributes is being quick on the ball. Uh, and then he's also, you know, a, bi- a big person as well. Physical is, is going to be something that's uh, part of his game as well. So I'm excited to see how he can impact the team, given the team's recent form. They need something. Uh, wh- wh- what's been happening in the last few games hasn't been working. So they need some type of injection, either you know a new player, a new scheme, uh, whether it be coming off the bench or you know someone from the transfer market like Yanni. So uh, we're showing the the training clip, and one of the funniest things or things that I found funny from the training clip is in the first ten seconds he's holding his arms out because uh, it doesn't look like anyone's opening up for him, and he decides to to spin Sasha. Uh, and take things on his own before putting it away. So that kind of is a little bit of a clue that uh, he may need to take some things on himself as opposed to relying on on some of some of his teammates. So for us, the people who have been on Yoni Watch for a long time, I don't know right. that we can get as excited. But but I think we're finally going to get to see him play. So this is ultimately this is a good thing. We like to make our jokes. Neve's not going to pop up behind. Uh, you know that we've been catfished. We know it's a real deal. Um, but but right. I think we're we're ready. We're ready to see what he can do and what what impact he can bring. Uh, you could say there's nine games to make an impact, but nine games isn't a lot. So you know he has a short window. Considering he's on loan, I want to see is this someone right. who maybe where there's going to be an interest in extending the loan or investing in them uh, if that's an option with this contract or if it's just a straight up loan. Uh, we want to see it, 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 he has nine games to show. Uh, what exactly his worth is. Yeah, and, and nine games with, with and we're going to talk about a little bit later here, but nine games with the limited full availability of the LA Galaxy. Uh, you know that if he plays in this game in San Jose, and Guillermo Barascoloto said he is ready to play. Uh, it, it's pro- He's probably not 90 minutes fit, and you wouldn't expect him to be, in fact, what winger do you know that's 90 minutes fit outside of you know Christian Pavone? Most wingers get subbed uh, because they do so much running. So uh, you know he's a winger. He's on the right hand side. He's going to start his first game. And that first game, um, if well, I say he's going to start. I imagine he's going to play. I actually imagine he's going to start on Saturday. We can we can discuss that if we want. Um, think, but he's going to do it, I and he's going to have Rolf Felcher behind him. Yeah, I, I mean, he's going to have Rolf Felcher behind him. And that's not really the lineup we'd expected with Julian Araujo being suspended because of yellow card accumulation. Um, you know, that's that's already so, you know, nine games and you're not going to have sort of your, your your A lineup. And there's other reasons coming down the line that you might not have your A-plus lineup either. So trying to fit him in, trying to still work in Javier Hernandez, who we're going to talk about here afterwards, um, it, it's a big ask for this kid. I mean, you know, he seems like he can handle it. He seems like he is excited excited uh, to come. He's, you know, he said all the right things, uh, basically. And, and, you know, people can, can knock that and say, well, what else are they going to say? But I've heard people screw this up and not be convincing to me. Um, and, and granted a lot of it was translated for me. Actually, all of it was translated for me. Uh, and, and he's a, he's a Spanish speaker, a native Spanish speaker, doesn't speak uh, much English yet. Um, and so, you know, you, you try to get a feel for him, but he felt comfortable. It looked like he felt comfortable in the press conference. It looked like he was, you know, ready to answer the questions and that he was ready to answer the questions that he expected. I always think that, you know, the players who always get caught up are the players who, who don't have answers for the questions that are expected to come your way. Um, and in my mind, uh, you know, Yona Gonzalez seems like he's he's prepared to to come in and play, and he realizes he has to get up to speed. 
uh, pretty quickly. He uh, he said in the press conference, I have some quotes for you. He says, uh, thank you. It's been really nice to be here. I have uh, been able to meet and share time with my teammates. I feel happy here. I hope to be able to continue to develop as a player and be able to help the team in the remaining games. And in regards to the club, it's a great club, the best in MLS. They have great facilities so the players can stay focused and work hard. Hopefully I can quickly adapt to what the coach wants. I'm looking forward to making my debut with the team. Uh, he was asked whether he was 90 minutes fit. And he goes, the truth is I didn't play for some time. Remember he came from Brazil and Brazil wasn't playing games. We've mentioned all this multiple times, but for whatever reason, people seem to have, you know, short memories, Eric. Um, he goes, since I left my previous club, but I have worked hard the last couple of days with the fitness coaches. I can't tell you I'm ready to play 90 minutes, but if the coach needs me to play 90, then I will give my best effort. I've worked hard and I feel great. So hopefully I'm able to demonstrate the work I've put on the field. Um, so, you know, again, just a, a guy who seems like he's sort of ready to make a difference. Uh, I'll finish up with one more quote because, uh, there was a Brazilian reporter on the call. Um, and the Brazilian reporter asked, you know, you've been playing in Brazil. Um, you've been, uh, you know, you've, you've sort of maybe, uh, acquired some, some Brazilian skills. And so what are you, you know, what, what can we expect you? And he goes, when I first arrived at, at Fluminense last year, I was a good player, but I was lacking some things in Brazil. I was able to learn several skills to work better with the ball. Um, at Corinthians, they taught me how to be a good, at, good at attacking, but also good at, at defending there. These are some of the things that have helped me grow as a player. And if we look at wingers right now, Eric, uh, trying to get forward, trying to get back, uh, both of those things need to happen. Uh, in order for Yoni Gonzalez to be a good partner for for what we're all expecting is going to be Julian Araujo, but even if it's Rolf Felcher, if you watch the Seattle game, you could see Rolf getting caught up front, caught up top, and that somebody would have to come back and cover for him, and that's going to be Yoni. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, do you, do you feel like he's going to be able to fit into the, this? There's there's an adjustment period, Eric. There's always an adjustment period. Is this going to be a quick one, or is he going to time out before uh, before he gets uh, his loan as comes up? No, I mean, this is, we, we've had this discussion with a lot of players. We, you won't know until he steps out on the field, but all the signs say that this is going to be a good signing and a good player. Uh, like you mentioned, playing in Brazil, I'm glad you brought that up because I think that is something that's going to impact his game as well. I think about one of uh, the last speedy wingers we used to have on this team, uh, Manuel Boateng, who, you know, was a lot of speed but didn't necessarily have that touch and that, and that on the, on those technical skill, that ability, you know, with a player who plays a you know, season or two in Brazil, naturally with the way they play their game, you're going to, you know, need the ball at your feet and to, to be able to have that control. So if it sounds like something that, you know, he picked up some of those things when he was playing in Brazil and that's going to benefit him here. You can see it just from the short highlight clip, uh, someone that, that's comfortable with the ball at his feet. So if it's someone who brings that speed that the, the galaxy have needed on the wing and they're able to control the ball and, and distribute and defend and do, do all those things, all signs point to this being <laughs> a, a positive signing, but we know, uh, with, with some other signings that we've had, you know, just this season, things looked promising, uh, and then maybe haven't been so promising on the field. And then to the whole right. fitness thing, he hasn't played games in a long time. So there, you know, I've, I've seen some cries of, well, you know, what's he been doing this whole time? And, and we, we, I think we say this every time training on your own is one speed training with a team is another speed. And then game day speed, you can't replicate that. You need, you need those reps in it. So, so you can't fault him if he's not going to be, you know, 90 minutes ready. And then going back to, uh, our friend Emmanuel Boateng again getting a double double name check in this one. Uh, I, I don't I don't think he was able to go 90 minutes anytime he played. It was always he was always the first sub off. So even when you have someone who's with the team for a long time, that fully 90 minutes fit in that position isn't always a fair expectation. So you know if we can get a good 60 minutes out of him out of him 70 minutes uh, and see what he can do. I, I do expect him to start with Araujo out. 
you know, you don't, you don't bring a player of him and then hyping him up like they did. Uh, I don't think you, you, you make that, that splash without him being expected to start on Saturday. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's fun. He was, he was technically available for selection the last game. Uh, it just, they weren't ready to select him yet. Um, that's what we were told. Uh, it was, uh, it was interesting. He showed up in a Brooklyn, uh, in a Brooklyn Nets hat. Um, we had that. And so, uh, I think Larry was actually, Larry was on the call and I was, I was monitoring as I was working and doing some other things at, at my office. And, uh, and Larry was talking, he basically asked how long, you know, when did he first arrive? And, and it's one we, I just want to know, I just want to nail down the timeline just once. We still don't know because he says to answer the first question, he goes, know. I have, I haven't been here long. Yeah. I haven't been here long. I have been training for a couple of days in regards to the league. Um, talking about, um, I, I think the, the NBA or could he, I think he was talking about MLS. He says, I've been following it for many years. Uh, they have a lot of Colombians and I like to keep an eye on leagues in which I see myself playing in regards to being a fan. I'm a fan of the NBA. I have jerseys for many teams. So I'm not a fan of any team in particular way to walk that fence. Yanni, um, uh, Larry brought <laughs> up and, and reminded me of course, that, uh, one of the, uh, another player who came to the LA Galaxy who was also interested in American sports. Nigel DeYoung was a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan, uh, and also, by the way, a big muscle car fan. So he was uh, he was a guy who was very much into the American culture. I always think, Eric, at least in my mind, that whenever you have guys who are interested in other sports in the United States, that they like sort of the culture of the United States, that that tells me they want to be here, right? Because you, you don't get invested in something that's overseas or, you know, think of all the people who love the, the English Premier League. I'm sure people in the United States who love the English Premier League would like to go over and see the English Premier League, right? I mean, they want to go there. There's, there's something, you know, that, that you're seeing there. So this, this seems like a good sign to me. And, and, you know, if you let other people get a word in on your show, Josh, you were making the point yeah. I was exactly going to make is uh, when you have international fans of the NBA, they don't necessarily follow a specific team, could be specific players that they follow. So I'd imagine if you had the Nets hat, maybe as a te- Kevin Durant guy, uh, another player that I think of who loved the NBA and, and was Roman Alessandrini. You know, he was someone who came, you know, with LeBron jerseys when he was on the Cavs. And then when he'd go to Laker games and was super into the NBA and you're right, uh, there are p- players and people who are interested in American culture. And when they come here, they want to be here in Los Angeles. And there's, there's like a cachet to that. And I think, uh, Yanni seems like the type of guy who's, who's interested in that. So, so it definitely seems to be, he could be one of those guys who wants to be here. Uh, and, you know, this could be a long-term play if things, things pan out well. So, uh, ec- exciting times. And then, like you said, with the EPL and, and even just European leagues in general, because, you know, there are people who grow up in the United States, you're not going to necessarily root for a specific team, but maybe you root for players. You watch a bunch of teams in the league. So uh, it's not uncommon. You know, you can't, can't nail him down because he's not, doesn't have his team picked in the United States just yet. Uh, he was asked about the quarantine and if he came alone or with his family. He says, obviously, I had to do the required 10-day quarantine. I traveled alone. My family had to stay in Brazil and then traveled to uh, Medellin, uh, Colombia. Uh, the process was a little difficult due to things that were out of my control. God, there's just... There's so many things in here that you'd want to just pick at and try to figure out. And he says, uh, and he goes, now I'm here. I've had a few training sessions with the team and I felt good and looking forward to being able to help the team. I get the opportunity to play in the upcoming match. If I get the opportunity in the upcoming match. Um, he talks about Guillermo Bershkeloto. He says, I spoke to him before signing. He showed me what he wanted to do and I told him what I wanted. We all know his background and story. It's important for me to be able to be coached by by someone like him, a coach who can help you grow and show you new ideas uh, that motivated me to be able to come here. As much as the 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 shine has rubbed off the penny with with Gamera Bear I think for a lot of Galaxy fans, 
uh, he still is a name that is respected worldwide. Um, and I'll say that by players who, who know it is, but especially South American players, uh, especially, you know, um, Argentine players. Uh, and and obviously um, you have Yoni Gonzalez, who knows who Guillermo Barrescoloto is. So, again, Eric, I mean, it points to the fact when you have Christian Pavone who wanted to come and play for Guillermo Barrescoloto, that's that's a draw. Uh, it's the LA Galaxy that's also a draw, but Guillermo's making some of these things happen. So with Yoni Gonzalez, you have that. That's a, that's another good sign, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a good. Like you said, there there are certain things, and I, I Stephen Gerrard comes to mind. Chicharito comes to mind. Chicharito can never score a goal for the Galaxy right now, but people are always going to revere him for what he's done and for being a hero for for the Mexican national team, and that's just always going to be that way. So the same thing with with GBS. Uh, you know, he, he can be running this team into the ground, but at the end of the day, he's a, a Boca Juniors legend an Argentine legend, and people are always going to look up to him and he's always going to have a little bit of that, that magic to him to attract players like Pavone and, and, and like Gonzalez. So, uh, you know, we might, you know, grit our teeth a little bit with, with some of the tactics and some of the decisions, uh, that Chicolotto makes. Uh, but at the end of the day, he is a draw. Uh, and there's a reason why every single Argentine rumor is uh, the galaxy is always right in there. Uh, it's it's because of our connection uh, to him as a coach. And then just that last point of with you saying the shine off the penny with GBS, hearing him speak in the, the post game press conference, it makes me think that it, the blame isn't necessarily on him. I, I think we've been a little harsh on him. It seems like he he sets up the right things. It just doesn't seem like the team is executing what he wants to do. So th- that's the that's what I got from the way he was speaking uh, after after this particular loss. So even though we've been hard at him, you know, I, I don't know that it all falls on him. Goes to one post-game press conference, gets to watch it on Zoom <laughs> one time, and he's I'm, figured it out. Okay. I was going to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to weave that in every time I can. You know, well, at the game this weekend... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Except when when I was there, um, you know, you could the smell in the stadium was, you know, of pine trees and and lollipops. It was wonderful. You see, as yeah. a member of the media, there's a certain number of Sour Patch Kids and Funyun allotment that you get. Uh, <laughs> Funyuns, Funyuns, and uh, and Sour Patch Kids. In fact, I think if my backpack's in here, it's not. It's downstairs, but I still have some Sour Patch Kids in my in my backpack. I, I got to take those out. That's good. Um, so anyway, so you have that. Now let's go to the. You, you talked a little about GBS today. Um, you talked to you know seeing him in the post game. He was talking again today. Uh, there's nothing earth shattering there. You can go watch that if you if you want to, but. Uh, a guy who I have said that I think the LA Galaxy have been shielding from the media as of as of recently, and and again, there's there's reasons that I won't say they're hiding him, but um, I said shielding, and I think that's fairly fairly accurate. Um, but a guy, it, it's Javier Hernandez, um, and so he was available in the press today, which also meant there were like 45 people I think on the Zoom call today, um, which you, you would expect whenever uh, whenever Javier's going to speak. So we got to talk to him. Um, you can go watch that. A lot of that is, is pretty interesting. I just want to talk about his general demeanor in this because I think that has that's changed. We've seen him be fairly optimistic in everything that he's come out and said. He said, uh, you know, and let me be very clear. If you read the quotes that he said today, they're going to sound optimistic and exactly the same. But there was a tone, Eric. There was a tone today. Um, and I'm not, I don't think I'm exaggerating. Other reporters who, who were watching as well um, also copped the tone. Um, but he was he was defensive from the get go today. Whenever he sat down and he got asked the first question, and and Megan Risa um, from from Spectrum got to ask the first couple questions um, because they're media partners. Megan does a great job, um, so she got to ask the the first couple questions. And I could already tell there was just this little edge 
And I was like, what? Wait, that's interesting. And it was really interesting because I knew what my question was going to be. Uh, and my question was going to be, you know, do you, you're, you're, you, I, I, I thought I led him into this in a way that would allow him to answer the question and be calm and sort of be like, yeah, I can lean on my experience on this. And again, there was a defensive edge to the whole thing. I, you know, I said, with you all your time in Mexico, um, with your time in Europe and, and being at some of the biggest clubs in the world, um, you know, you've been receiving a lot of criticism here with the LA Galaxy. And, and how do you hear any of that? Do you hear the fans' criticism? Does that affect you at all? Or do you just push it out of the way? And he came back and said, I don't read anything and I don't hear anything. You know, it was one of those which, which we've heard players say, but Eric, you had the best line. What was the, the critics thing where, where like you shut up the yeah. critics and it's like, it's, yeah, what, yeah. What, you, you say it. We're, we were talking about that. And he, uh, they said, you know, do you believe him? And I think the answer is no, I don't believe him. I think he does hear what people say. And, and the reason that you know this is true is because other players say, I don't listen to anything the critics have to say. And then the first game that they have success, they say it was nice to silence all the critics. So uh, you see that happen all the time. It's, it's happened with galaxy players this season. Uh, so, so again, that's the answer you expect them to have. Like you said, when you read that quote, it's exactly what he's supposed to say. He's a pro. Uh, he's supposed to tell you that he doesn't read anything the critics say, but at the same time, they, they are lying to you when they say they don't know that they are critics. And he's also the, the one thing that, I took away from his his conferences. He said the coach is happy with with what I'm producing and my stats. Oh yeah, and I'm I'm wondering uh-huh. what what stats are you showing him because you have zero, you know, zero goals since returning, uh, you know, no assists, you know, one goal in the bubble and a missed penalty. So I don't know what stats you're showing GBS that he's happy with. Yeah, maybe he misspoke. Maybe GBS is happy with his work rate and the, and what the chances he's creating, or maybe he's seeing something else. But to say the coach is happy with my stats, I. I I don't know. I don't know that, that anyone, I don't know that he has a lot, a lot of stats to, to display right now. Well, we talked about the touches, right? That was one of the things that we talked about. I actually said, I thought his touches were, were way up um, in this last game and it doesn't show. And if you go back and watch that game, you, you won't see them, but they're there. there there's 32 touches that he got <laughs> on the ball. And, and again, the runs I liked, I liked the work rate, you know, Guillermo could be showing the GPS data that they have that shows how much he worked during training, like all that stuff. I mean, there's, there's reasons to do it. Again, it was just too defensive for me. He came out, you know, it was it was almost <laughs> it reminded me of the debate. It, it was it was almost that defensive from the very <laughs> beginning. I'm like, well, chill out, man. You know, take it that we we don't need to be at eleven here. We need to. It wasn't that bad. Um, you know, it he was. Didn't, it, he didn't it, ask it, you it to was, stand by. Yeah, he he did not ask me. No, none of that. He didn't, nobody called him a clown either. So you know, and yeah. and he didn't call me a clown. But, but I just I thought it was a fair question. I, I didn't think it was unfair. But he was defensive. But be honest with you, he was defensive with the next question, too. And Sam Steschkel asked him about which, the offense and what he could do better in the offense. And he didn't want to get into it. But Which, to your point, shows that he knows that there's, you know, if that's his tone, then he knows. He's aware. And I think you saw it when he was subbed off at RSL. I think you saw it when he was subbed off at San Jose. He's frustrated. You can tell he's frustrated. Um, so, And you yeah. can see it in his demeanor. When he when he comes off the field, so he's frustrated. He's holding him. The one caveat that I'll say, don't think that he doesn't want to do better. He, he's holding himself accountable. I, I can guarantee you that there's no one more frustrated uh, than he is, because the the last thing that you want as someone with a high profile name is to to be perceived as someone who's just collecting a check and, and playing video games. And and we so we had that whole discussion uh, via Twitter today. But I, I think he he doesn't want that, and he wants to 
you know, he, he wants to get the monkey off his back as well. So you can see he, he wants it. And, and you know what, the fact that he is a little perturbed, maybe this is a good thing. Maybe it gives them that edge. Uh, you don't get the choir boy so much. You get someone who's, who's a little mean. I've been watching Mourinho all or nothing with Tottenham. He said, you guys are nice boys, but you know, nice boys don't win anything. You got, you got to be, you got to, yeah. you know, I, I won't say the word cause this is a family show, but right. you got to be different. You know, yes. <laughs> you got to be yeah. different when you're on the field. Yeah, no, it, it's a, I, I think the biggest takeaway, however, from this entire press conference is that Stam Steschel uh, knows my name because he said it whenever he was like following up on Josh's question. So I'm pretty I'm pretty popular today. Feeling good about myself. Fancy. I'm glad we could uh, we could do that. Let's talk. Let's talk a little bit shift from from Javi a little bit. Um, and again, I just I feel like something's coming for him. I feel like it's either it's make or break here in the next couple of games, Eric. If it doesn't work, it, it could get really bad. Um, I mean, the, people are going to say it's already really bad. It's not already really bad. And the, the positive is there's nine games left. So if it doesn't get going, uh, you, you can scrap this whole thing up and, and <laughs> close up shop and, and come back and try again next year. You know, hit delete. T- turn it off and turn it back on again. There you go. That's always a control delete. Give it the three-finger salute and, and away you go. Um, yeah, but, uh, you know, obviously the Galaxy missing the playoffs whenever eight teams make it out of the Western Conference isn't, isn't allowed. Um, it's not it's not good enough. So, you know, people are going to get fired if that happens. Uh, it won't be Javi. He's got a contract, so he'll be here. Um, but, you know, other people are going to get fired. So it, it's just interesting to see it sort of building. Also, I have to imagine the stress level that he's going through as his wife, Sarah, gets, like, more and more. Like, she's she basically said, and I'm not speaking out of turn. She says this on her instagram so please do not like be like i can't believe you're saying that she's ready to pop she has been ready to pop she's ready to give birth he has to be like on edge he has to travel to san jose uh the end of this week so like you know i mean you're we're playing with fire here right now in terms of whether he's going to be available for san jose (laughs) that's that's an excellent point and uh, I said he must be hearing from the fans because that must be the explanation as to why he's perturbed. But as someone who has two kids and uh, when your wife is pregnant and at that stage where you're very pregnant and it's it's time, uh, that's not a, that's not a relaxing time at home. <laughs> so uh, if he was on edge, that's probably understandable as well. Nobody, he's not sleeping well. Guaranteed he's not sleeping no. well. OK, I know that. I know that for a fact. She's not so, sleeping well. That's, uh, that's sure. how yeah, 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 for sure. Um, all right, so let's go and, and pivot a little bit. Jonathan Dos Santos, Christian Pavon, Rolf Felcher all called up for international games. Uh, Jonathan Dos Santos to the Mexican national team for a friendly in October. That's that's an important little caveat that we need to make sure we talk about. Uh, Christian Pavone is on the Argentina roster. Rolf Felcher is on the Argentina roster. Uh, GBS saying they're not on the final rosters yet, so we have to wait to see what happens. But South America is holding qualifiers. Um, so those are on October 8th, October 9th, uh, and I believe also October 13th um, is when those qualifiers are happening in South America and Conmobile. Well, there's been a huge, huge question from and, and teams have been asking, and it's not just MLS teams, it's European teams as well, about how they're going to handle this, knowing that there are quarantines set in place um, in some of these countries. And we have talked about it, that Christian Pavone, if he goes, could miss, you know, not only is he going to miss the games all the way between, you know, the, the October, basically right after the San Jose game. Um, so, but all the way through the games, October 8th, October 7th, or October 9th, October 13th, and then there will be a 10-day quarantine period to come back. FIFA has issued a ruling that came out today. And as I read it right now, it seems like the LA Galaxy will not have to release any of the players if they don't want to. All right. So FIFA said on Thursday, um, the usual rules over the release of, uh, of players of the games, which are due to get un- uh, get underway next week, this is all from an ESPN article, would apply, but with exceptions. Um, basically, 
It says, uh, it says uh, and I'll quote the article, uh, it says, football's world ruling body said players must be exempted from any travel or quarantine restrictions, both in the countries where they are due to play matches and in the country where their clubs are based. So leaving from your club, going to another country, and then coming back. If there was a quarantine period of five days or more on arrival in any of those countries, then clubs would not be obliged to release them. We know right now, that the uh, that in MLS there is a 10-day quarantine period. In Canada, it's a 14-day uh, quarantine period. I don't know what it is in Argentina and in that way, but knowing that there's already one that's longer than five days here in the United States means, should mean anyway, that the LA Galaxy do not have to release Christian Pavone, do not have to release Rolf Felcher, and do not have to release Jonathan Dos Santos. And jo- Dos Santos was even more interesting because it's a friendly and not a World Cup qualifier. Um, and by the way, they don't think that Jonathan Dos Santos not going to Mexico is going to cause any big hubbub. They're like, it is what it is. And, you know, it, it's one of those things. But you're talking about World Cup qualifiers for Pavone. And then you have to determine whether or not Pavone wants to go and whether he wants to put himself through that or whether the LA Galaxy don't want to take that risk. Uh, the problem here is that you're exposing these players, Eric, to um, to different testing standards, to different areas that may or may not be better. I mean, in a lot of cases, they might be better than the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, it's taking them outside of the bubble that they're in right now, uh, and it's moving them to another bubble, and then it's bringing them back, and then having the the ability to transfer all whatever you got from the bubble into the, either bubble, and then there's bubbles popping, and it's it's not good. There's a lot of bubbles, bubbles. Eric, and it's not good. Bubbles within bubbles. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think? You think that you think the Galaxy, you know, are going to... They. It seems like they have the option with this to not let anybody go. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's it's it gives them two options because the way I see it, there are two two things at play here. One of them is uh, from the club's interest. You know, do can we are these players expendable? Can you let them go? And the answer there is no. So if they have the option, they need to flex their muscles and and keep their players here. They need them here. Uh, it's a shortened season. You know, missing that many days, there's just there's no way the galaxy c- can afford to let them go. Now, the other side of it is the player relationship side. If you don't let them go, the players remember that. Uh, the word gets around that the Galaxy doesn't release their players during this time, makes you maybe not as likely to attract an international player because uh, they know if I go there, they're not going to release me for international duty. Uh, so you kind of you know need to gauge it with the player. Does the player want to go? Uh, and, and if you want to keep the player happy, uh, what's it worth to you? You know, If, if Christian Pavone is going to be gone after nine games uh, and he's going to miss... Uh, five games here, you know, you, you have them for a short amount of time. You know what? We're going to flex our muscle. You're going to leave anyway. We're going to keep you here while we can. Uh, someone like, like Rolf Felcher, uh, following him with, with Copa America and previous things, he didn't, he didn't crack starting lineups. You know, he, I think he played one game coming off the bench maybe, or maybe started like the third game in the group stage after they'd been eliminated. So I think you could reason with Rolf and say, listen, given our shortened season, you're, you're not, I don't know how you, I know, I don't know that I'd be able to look him in the face and tell him, you know, you're not really a part of that Venezuela team that you're not part of that first 11, but you know, if we're, if we're being real, you're, you're going to, you're going to be a bigger part of the galaxy staying here than you would be if you went uh, to that world cup qualifier in Venezuela. So, um, that's the other piece of it with Jonathan Dos Santos. This is the tricky one because he's coming back from injury. So now that he's finally healthy and now you're going to let him go again, it just reminds me 
uh, of those last uh, geo seasons where he'd be injured for so long and then he'd finally get healthy and then he'd go off uh, to international duty. So when he was healthy, he was playing his games, not with the galaxy. And it seems like, you know, Jonathan who was with him at that time is kind of following in, in that those same footsteps. Now I'm finally healthy, but now I'm finally going to leave. Uh, and the other part of it, because these are friendlies for Mexico, Tata Martino knows who Jonathan Dos Santos is. He knows what he could bring to him. So calling him up, you know, is that going to jeopardize if he doesn't go or if the Galaxy hold him back, is that going to jeopardize his playing time, uh, you know, for, for Gold Cup or for World Cup qualifiers moving forward? I don't know. I think I think I think Mexico knows who Jonathan Dos Santos is and and him going. He doesn't need to go and impress and make a name for himself, uh, whereas someone like Pavone, you know, may push that issue because he, he's not going to get a lot of call ups. Maybe he wants to go and he, this is one of his few chances. So there's there's so many different things at play from a Galaxy perspective. No way. Keep them. If you can flex MS, he'll do it. But if you care about the relationships and your image and what you've built up with these players, then then it needs to be a conversation with them. Uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. David in the chat room says that Mexico just posted to their social media that they are expecting MLS players to travel. Oh, it's going to be good. This is this is drama. And it's, it's drama. And they're expecting to be like it's going to be. It's going to be ugly. Um, you know, maybe Jonathan picks up an injury uh, walking to his fridge or something like that. And so then he doesn't have to go travel down to Mexico. Maybe that's the way out. You know, oh, I'm, I'm injured. Thank you. I appreciate it. But no. Um, but you have to imagine that Tata uh, talked to Jonathan DeSantis before this happened and said, I'm going to call you and I expect you to be there. And Jonathan was like, OK, yeah, you know, sounds good. Yeah, and, they don't and get maybe, on that list. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe if you're if you're Jonathan, you can't say no. And so you expect the galaxy now to say no for you. You know, it's it, again, it, it goes a bunch of different ways. So uh, just something to keep your eye on, because with that being a friendly, it seems like there's less of a requirement even for um, for MLS to release the players doing that. But I, I believe there's three players uh, that are in MLS that will be uh, or that have been called up by Tata Martino. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll sort of keep an eye on, on Jonathan Dos Santos. But the LA Galaxy could be missing Christian Pavone, could be missing Rolf Felcher. Uh, could be missing Jonathan Dos Santos all at the same time. Uh, that's if, if Julian Araujo can stay on the pitch and not get suspended for a little while, then maybe you know, then maybe that's that's okay. But at the same time, you know, you're you're running thin and you're running out of games, and the amount of games that you could be missing could be significant, and uh, and that's what the Galaxy sort of have to sit there for. So, all right, um, I want to get to LA Galaxy two real quickly, um, just because we like to highlight them, and and certainly. Uh, they deserve the praise. They made the playoffs, um, which it was a diff- more difficult way for them to make the playoffs just because they grouped everybody in these like, you know, five team groups and the top two teams like made it. So you had to play sort of these round robin. And and there's some teams in here I expected to be better than they were. Uh, the team that finished first in group B is Phoenix Rising. They are a real, quote unquote, real USL team. They're not an academy, you know, basically a, a U- they're not a U21 team, which is sort of what the LA Galaxy end up being, you know, a U23 team uh, with a whole bunch of people to sort of, uh, you know, a whole bunch of kids playing. You have teenagers playing on this on this team. Uh, Phoenix Rising has professional soccer players who have been playing for a very long time on their team. So you have that. Uh, they finished above the San Diego Loyal, which if you've been following anything going on in USL, uh, Landon Donovan, head coach of the San Diego Loyals, had a tough uh, last two games. Um, I, I implore you to sort of read in on that um, and and sort of take a take a but wow, just 
just seeing two back-to-back forfeits from San Diego because of, uh, of different things that they're protesting or, you know, kind of the same thing that they're protesting. Um, and, and rightfully so, I would say. So a little tip of the cat to, to Landon Donovan there. Uh, Orange County SC was in the group. Las Vegas Lights FC were in the group. Uh, so the LA Galaxy 2 make it. They finish in that second spot. Um, they finish in, you know, a good place for the playoffs. Uh, Augustine Williams, Augie Williams has been a revelation for them down there. Scored his 11th and 12th goals in this game. I mean, I happen to be one of the people who's Eric now on the on the Augie train and saying if he's scoring goals, if he's playing hot, if he has just this confidence, send him up to the first team. What what is that going to hurt at this point? Because we talk about playing the hot hand. Uh, we talk about guys not peaking too soon. You, you got to get him on the team before he peaks too soon, Eric. It's it's you're he's, at the peak. Get him get him going. Yeah, he he's peaking right now, and I think striker depth is something that this Galaxy team is struggling with. And and we've 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 shared what we've needed to share about Ethan Zubak. Uh, even when he was scoring goals for Galaxy Two, it wasn't the type of goals that Augie Williams is scoring. Augie Williams is scoring goals that. Are, this is these are the goals a finisher scores, putting himself in position with speed, uh, with power, with finesse. He, he's scoring them all different types of ways. And so I think he's someone who is showing that he's worthy of getting that call uh, and maybe takes, you know, I'd say maybe he takes that Ethan Zubak spot because he's the hot hand. He scored 12 goals this season. Yes, it's in USL, right. but at the same time, you know, goals are goals sometimes. And when you see how the, the Galaxy 2 have been playing, uh, you know, I think I think it, it, he deserves a fair look. With everything that is going on with with quarantine and the pandemic, I don't know that they're as fluid with calling players up and moving them down. It doesn't seem like that is an easy thing this year. So the likelihood of it happening this year is probably not there. But he's definitely someone who's put himself on the radar, maybe for 2021, who's going to be one of those G2 players to make the leap uh, next season. Uh, but but I think the way he's playing right now, he he shows he has it. He has it, and if in any other season, maybe uh, you know, at a midway point or a U.S. Open Cup game, you'd get to see him get that call up. But unfortunately, with all the circumstances, I doubt we'll see it. Uh, but I'm excited for the future with this kid. Yeah, he's he's been great. Twelve goals is uh, good for second uh, right now in USL. Um, as it goes, uh, Junior Gonzalez, head coach of LA Galaxy, two second time he's gotten them to the playoffs um, in the two years he's been with the team. Two years he's gotten them to the playoffs for two years. Um, so you're seeing a lot of things. If you haven't watched any LA Galaxy 2 games, they're on ESPN+. Plus. They're easier to watch than the LA Galaxy games. Plus, quite honestly, they're playing more attractive soccer. Um, so you can watch them play um, and, and do it. I, am, I implore you to do so. Um, check on LA Galaxy 2, and of course, as they get ready for the playoffs here and the USL Championship. So some good stuff from Junior Gonzalez. Yeah, Eric. And I will say, LA Galaxy 2, every game on ESPN+, Plus. you don't have to worry about a blockout. If you have ESPN+, Plus, you have LA Galaxy 2. So easy. So easy. Why, you know, why, so why, why wish, can't it wish, always be that easy? And <laughs> it's, I'm just saying, uh, I don't know, but I'm also spoiled to the fact where I was like, Oh, the champions league draw was on CBS sports or whatever it was today. And I'm like, why can't it just be on Peacock? I already have that. Can, can it just be on Peacock? Can, <laughs> can we just throw everything on one channel? Can I get EPL Bundesliga, everything just in one place? So I don't have to change the channel all the time. I always feel like I'm missing something cause I'm not paying attention to a different channel. Oh, there's a lot of carts in the a la carte system. I'm just going to say there's still a lot carts. of, a lot of stuff going on there. Too many carts. That is correct. Uh, LA galaxy weekly schedule. Uh, we sort of told you about, uh, how they're doing October 1st here. Uh, they had their, uh, their training today. They'll train tomorrow on Friday game on Saturday against the San Jose earthquakes galaxy currently sitting in the Western conference, 11th place. 
just above the last place team, the San Jose Earthquakes, uh, in the Western Conference. Uh, San Jose Earthquakes just beat LAFC um, uh, last week, so you know that's, this isn't exactly one you can be sleeping on. Uh, hopefully the LA Galaxy can continue their success against San Jose. That's something to watch. Columbus Crew leading out in the Eastern Conference because they're not playing anybody who's worth anything, uh, and I will continue that until they play somebody who's worth something, and then I will tell you, well, it's because they're not as tired because they didn't play anybody who was worth anything. Uh, I have plenty of excuses why the Columbus Crew are not the best team in Major League Soccer. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's that's one I'm of the sorry. things that's I'm there gonna, as well. So, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you. Giussi's artist for Ballon d'Or this year. It's the it's the only right thing yeah. to happen for 2020. Oh, yeah? That yeah, that's, I, that's my vote. I, I that's my vote. As a member of the media, that's how I'll be casting my ballot. <laughs> Oh, man, you cracked me up. All right, uh, Supporter Shield standing is Columbus. Uh, there's not a Western Conference team until you get to fifth. What does that tell you, Eric? If there's not a Western Conference team until you get to the fifth spot in the Supporter Shield standing against the Seattle Sounders, what 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 is your, your analysis of that uh, predicament? Well, the, the Western Conference is harder. They're playing, they're beating each there other you go. up. Thank like you. you said, the, Thank the you know Toronto FC is beating everyone up in Canada. Uh, Columbus is beating up on Chicago and Cincinnati twice a week, so they're running away with the supporter shield. Whereas you know Seattle, Portland, uh, you know they're they're getting tougher matchups, and so they're kind of canceling each other out. And that's exactly what you're seeing. Uh, you're seeing uh, five thirty eight gives a little bit of a different view. Their rankings has Seattle at the top, uh, you know, over Columbus, even though Columbus has higher rates. Yeah, the the power rankings yes. or whatever system they have, they have Seattle above them. Yeah, as they should, because I think Seattle's one of the best teams in Major League Soccer. And I think that what was clear, and I said this on Monday's show, is that the LA Galaxy are not one of the best teams in Major League Soccer. I mean, they're not even competitive with Seattle. Seattle is playing in a different league, and that can't be the case for the LA. The LA Galaxy used to be the team who was playing in a different league, and then we would argue about how good they would do in the championship in England, or could they make it? Were they a lower team, lower lower tier English Premier League team? I think we I think we made that argument a couple times. Uh, go back and check some of those 2014 shows. I'm sure there's some some ridiculous babble on there, so uh, you can check that out. Let's get you a little bit ready for this game on Saturday: San Jose versus the LA Galaxy. LA Galaxy will travel the morning of the game. Uh, they'll usually leave around 8.30 or 9 a.m. They will get to the airport around 10, 10.30. They will travel up to San Jose. They will go to the airport. They will have a snack. They will go back to their, uh, they'll go to the airport. Uh, they'll travel. They'll land. They'll go to the hotel. They'll have a snack. They'll go back to their hotel room. They'll go to a meal. They'll go back to their hotel room. They'll go on the bus to the stadium, stadium to a bus to the airport back home. I just want to make sure that everybody understands that's all what happens say, in one day. Dad. You miss You miss bathroom breaks. You know, if, if one of them decides to take <laughs> yeah. a bathroom break and one of the coaches fi- follows them in the in the locker room, there is that part. Yeah, I was going to. Yeah, there's there, there's obviously that they, they do use the buddy system. That's what I heard. Um, so <laughs> uh, so that's what you have for this game. Again, the San Jose Earthquakes ranked as the worst team in the Western Conference. All right. They have. Um, let's see. I want to make sure I get it right. They have 14 points, which is better than the worst team in the Eastern Conference. Um, because the worst team in the Eastern Conference is DC United. Then you have Inter Miami and you have FC Cincinnati. I'm pretty sure Columbus played all those teams like 17 times. Um, and then you have the San Jose Earthquakes who sit there along with that are even with Atlanta United. So, um, we've seen the San Jose Earthquakes team, we've seen the LA Galaxy have success, but they've also given up goals when they've played the San Jose team, um, you know, uh, at home. And then there was the zero zero draw and everybody talks about the weird system that it is. So, I mean, what do, what do you look at whenever you see the San Jose team? I, I look at a team that's dangerous because of where they sit 
in the standings and they've let in so many goals. I think mentally the Galaxy came in a little overinflated last time they played them, and that's where you saw the first letdown game where things started to go off the rails for the Galaxy. So uh, I think it's deceiving. San Jose's been a dumpster fire, you know, let it with all the goals that they've let in. But you saw some of the games they played in the tournament. You saw what they did against LAFC. They have something there, and and something work something works some of the time. You know, with uh, Anchorman, sixty percent of the time it works every time. Uh, right. You know, something something works, and I think you know the Galaxy are susceptible with you know how they're able to let in goals, and if they're not counterattacking, uh, you know, it could be could be dangerous. So I, I think they shouldn't overlook this game. There was a lot of talk about the turf, turf last time and how it was wet and slippery. So, you know, whoever the boot man is, make sure you have the long spikes this week because uh, you know what you're getting into. The turf, is it can't be an excuse uh, this Saturday. So uh, I think they need to take the game seriously. And, and um, you know, the way when the Galaxy were hot, you have to say they're, they were, they're expected to win. If they keep playing like they're playing, they're going to do well. Uh, the last run of games, if they keep playing how they're going to play, then you have to expect a loss this weekend. They're traveling. They're going away to a team who, you know, kind of is a little bit of their kryptonite. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not expecting great things given how they've been playing. Unless, unless Yanni is an, is an absolute game changer. Yanni, Yanni is that guy. I'm, I'm calling it Yanni for rookie of the year. No, wait, can I call him? No, I can't call him for rookie of the year. <laughs> I, I stopped making those predictions. Yeah, nine games. He's rookie of the year. Um, no, I mean it, it's it's a big deal. Uh, I told you. I think something has to change. If it doesn't change, then this team breaks and they lose all confidence and it's gone. Um, if they can put together a good performance against San Jose, they have something um, there. So uh, they're asking in the chat room any air quality issues. I didn't see any. Um, they haven't been high on my list uh, this time. I can probably check while I let Eric sort of tell you one his prediction, um, and then two. I think you have five thirty eight lined up as well. So so go for that and I'll check air quality. Exactly. I, I was born for the filibuster. So for, first thing I want to talk about is 538, just the general Western Conference standings. They have the Galaxy sitting eighth. So with a uh, 67% chance to make the playoffs, 3% chance to win MLS Cup. So not great. Uh, Seattle kind of sits at the top there with the highest percentage, 99% chance to make the playoffs, uh, 13% chance to win MLS Cup. So where 538 ranks them, I think we have enough of a sample size that that's probably accurate. They probably are around that eighth place team uh, when you looked at those teams uh, around them. So feels about right. But that, again, that's not given when they were in the hot streak. That's not where the Galaxy want to be. Uh, as far as the particular match, uh, the Galaxy are favorites. So one of the few teams that are away favorites. So their uh, Galaxy are 40, have a 41% chance to win to San Jose's 37% chance and then a 22% chance for a draw. So um, 538 says the Galaxy, even on the road, uh, should be able to handle this San Jose team. And we've sh- we've seen flashes. The Galaxy has has the ability to beat the San Jose team. They should beat the San Jose team. But my prediction is that we're going to see a loss. We're going to see a 2-1 loss. Uh, I think the Galaxy win this game, 3-1. I'm, I'm expecting the, it to turn. I feel like this is the time. This, if it's not this time, then it's never. And, and this seems like yeah. a good place to start. Uh, air quality issues, by the way, um, unhealthy uh, to moderate. Moderate to unhealthy, so it's the yellow to red. It's not the extreme extreme, but it's not, it's not great. Um, so they're still having a little bit and that fluctuates depending on what time of day it is. Um, so I'm sort of looking at, you know, what time it looks like in the evening on Saturday around, it goes basically from unhealthy to, to moderate in, in that area. So, uh, one fifties, one sixties. And if you know the AQI, um, so just keep that in mind. Um, I don't think it's, you know, it, it's, 
it, we talked about the NFL having a limit of 200. It's going to be, it should be well below that. So um, it shouldn't be in, in that range. So I think everything probably happens with, without too much issues. Um, the only other thing that I sort of wanted to say uh, before we get on out of here is that MLS did reschedule the Colorado uh, SKC game uh, that was going to happen this weekend because of all the COVID problems Colorado's been having. Um, the Colorado Rapids. And so remember the galaxy is still scheduled to play them and that hasn't been moved yet. I don't expect it to be moved. I think it's going to stay. Um, but there's still chances that things move around on that. So just sort of keep your eye on. And by the way, no scheduled announcement or, or no scheduled or uh, rescheduled game between LA and Seattle yet. That's hasn't happened. And I don't know all, if it will happen. So yeah, all, all signs seem to be pointing towards, points per game being the deciding factor. It seems like there's a reason that they said that that's going to be a tiebreaker because I, I think think they're leaning on that. And with Colorado having, I think they had 10 players now uh, at a, a total, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's from the beginning of the season to now or if they currently have 10 players, but uh, that's a lot. That's a lot of players. That's a lot of your roster being gone. So if you're hoping for the Galaxy to get in on the playoff spot, maybe, uh, you know, if they, they they stay off, they stay quarantined. They can't can't play the games if, if, if you... Uh, you can't make the playoffs if you're not playing the game. So maybe that's one less team for them to worry about. Yeah, I was going to say they, they don't play particularly well against Colorado anyway. So uh, anyway, LA Galaxy play San Jose Earthquakes this game, 7.30 p.m. Pacific time on Saturday, October 3rd. Game is on Spectrum Sportsnet. Don't at me. Find a way to watch it. All right. I don't I don't. Yeah. At this There's point, a- you've been well versed in trying to find these games. And and we've we've pumped up the discord enough. Go to the discord there there'll be people more than happy enough to share ways to 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 get a hold of this game. All right. Um let's see. I think that about does it. Eric, anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here? No, I th- I think we're good. We had plenty to talk about. You're you're high on this game, I'm low on this game. One of us is going to be right. That that's a good thing. Or oh, we get the or they draw, draw and it's neither. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be just wonderful excruciating as well. Uh, we'll have coverage and and lots of stories coming up on Corner of the Galaxy as well. Eric, tell people where they can find you. We'll get out of here. All right. As always, you can find me on Twitter at HammerEV. I'm two followers away from 1,500. What does that mean? Absolutely nothing. But if you're listening and you're not following me, go ahead and give me a follow. Get me over the line, 1,500, or tell a friend. You can also find me on Instagram at GalaxyProfile. That's Galaxy, P-R-O-F-O-U-L. All right. If you're looking for me on uh, Twitter, it's at jgesman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, at Galaxy Podcast. Cornerofthegalaxy.com is our website. Discord information is there as well. We'll put it in the show notes here. Uh, we want to thank everybody for joining us. Steven from uh, from Aftjo was there. We appreciate his time, and then hopefully you guys can go out and support him. All right, for Eric, the Portuguese Hammer, I'm Josh Patrick. Yes, you've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast, and be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.